0: This episode of the Cascading Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. New experiences are brewing nearby. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. In this podcast series, I highlight breweries around Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest and the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. If this is your first time here, welcome. I hope you hit follow in your favorite podcast app and feel free to share with your friends. That's how this podcast series grows. And I thank you for your support. Now, back in 2016, a new brewery opened up with something a bit different to offer. In today's episode, I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia, located on the traditional unceded territories of the tsleil Squamish, and Musqueam. In the neighborhood of East Van, also known in the craft beer community as Yeast Van, due to its high concentration of craft breweries, uh, is a brewery called the Lupolo. They opened and have stuck to offering Italian-style beers while also expanding their styles a bit, as well as their food options. I sat down with the brewer and co-owner.
1: Brian Parfit. Uh, I am the owner and one one owner and head brewer at uh, Loop Globe Brewing Company.
0: And uh, yeah, you guys, have when did you guys open again? Like, it's been a while.
1: We opened October 2016. So four and a half years. Yeah. Coming up yeah. on our fifth, fifth anniversary.
0: All right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, in terms of like just design, you're one of my favorite tasting rooms here because you have this big feature geometric wall <laughs> but, <laughs> we yeah. behind you but i mean you know your beer is also really fantastic too i that's but like it's very comfortable here when we're you know allowed to be in when the people are allowed but, to yeah. come in yeah. That's
1: right yeah. yeah now it's just a big storage room which is actually kind of helpful but uh definitely prefer to have people in here
0: right so uh, where did the uh the idea for the brewery come from then
1: i guess uh probably back in 2015 13, 2014-ish, uh, my wife Eleanor and I were just kind of getting uh, into the craft beer scene here in BC. And we'd already been like, we'd, we'd traveled down to the States a lot to visit breweries down there in like Portland and California, um, Seattle. Yeah, we always had a dream to, to do something in the hospitality industry. And like, we were kind of thinking beer bar or something. And then the craft beer boom started to, to happen here in Vancouver um, and we'd like, you know, go to Powell street all the time and 33 acres opened and, um, obviously parallel 49 was around and, uh, yeah. And then we just kind of shifted our, our, uh, idea and we're like, why don't we open a brewery instead of a beer bar? I was homebrewing at the time had been for a few years and yeah, basically we were, we were looking for a career change, uh, for, for myself mostly. Meanwhile, our um, now business partners who are old friends of, of ours, um, Anique, uh, the other owner, one of the other owners is a longtime friend of my wife. Uh, they were living in Italy at the time, kind of just getting into the craft beer scene there. And then they moved back to Vancouver in 2013. Yeah, the year that Eleanor and I got married. And um, they kind of just simultaneously had the same idea of, of opening a brewery when they when they got back here. So uh, we got to talking and um, we had a lot of similar uh, goals and, and visions. And um, so we decided to team up and do it together.
0: Great. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned that you were homebrewing. I mean, what got you into homebrewing? And like, were you, cause you're kind of doing like these kind of farmhouse Italian styles here at the brewery. Were you doing that homebrewing?
1: No, I would say not really. I was brewing more like, you know, standard beers, um, experimenting like fair bit, but Sticking to more kind of standard styles, IPAs and uh, like vice beers, things like that. The odd lager, uh, porters, stouts, more like, you know, core standard beers. It wasn't until after we, we opened and started brewing and we hired our first assistant brewer, um, Stefan Dorderson, who's now at uh, Iron Road and Kamloops. And um, he was super into like farmhousey beers as well. And, uh, yeah, so him and I just started kind of right off the bat, I think we opened with a sour and, and a farmhouse sale and, uh, and just kind of went from there.
0: And I remember when you opened at the time, it was very different than what was going on with the rest of the guys opening up in the neighborhood. Yeah. I think that,
1: that kind of helped to set us apart a little bit. Like we always, yeah, we, we kind of had these goals early on of, uh, of brewing different beers let's say, and, and having a wide variety while still having some kind of classic uh, true to style beers as well. And um, we've just kind of always uh, been
0: building off of that. So I kind of hinted at it. I remember opening you were kind of that farmhouse Italian style. Is is that still to this day like you're kind of? Yeah. core? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, Italian style is tricky. It's like I don't know that like other than like, you know, a Italian grape, style beer is kind of the only true Italian beer style but and then the Italian Pilsner of course as well but I think the craft beer scene in Italy definitely leans towards like the more kind of farmhousey um, wine like beers just because obviously Italy is such a wine um, enthusiastic country and and that's really where the craft beer scene was born out of was the wine industry and so a lot of the the styles brewed there were we're, we're leaning heavy on on like wine like beers, let's say, mm-hmm. and so yeah, we definitely got a lot of inspiration from that and and have have tried to continue to get inspiration from that, but um yeah, I think as my preferences have changed and the beer that I like to drink over the years, I think that that the styles here at Lupelo have kind of followed that that similar trend i'm i'm super into like pilsners and
0: i mean and one of my favorites uh, that you guys do that really stands out which is different is that black lime goes oh yeah oh yeah so good
1: yeah it's a beer i really like as well i mean i i don't drink as much sour beer these days but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i really like that beer it's like it's a really nice balance of uh like the citrus and like spice you get from the black limes and really nice mouthfeel from the salt and yeah it's kind of like a it's like a culinary beer like goes really well with uh
0: different foods and it pairs really well with the weather on the day that we're taping it's a yes. nice nice warm sunny day and yeah i'm super about, refreshing summary yeah it's like sure. man i'd like to sneak around to your patio there and just stay there the rest of the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> i'm in conversation with Luplo brewing just want to take a moment to talk about the BC Ale trail and thank them again for making this episode possible and now you can also download the BC Ale trail app the BC Ale trail showcases many parts of the province on their website and you'll find recommended itineraries for each region, a comprehensive list of every craft Brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other activities the area has to offer. The app gives the users the ability to collect rewards by visiting the breweries and related businesses or events, which can be redeemed for merchandise and other discounts at participating locations. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or just being a tourist in your own backyard, let the BCL trail guide you to your next beer adventure arrive thirsty leave inspired at the BCLtrail.ca. all right let's jump back into the conversation with Luplo brewing but like with with your beers i remember when you opened too you you know had a very limited like kind of food menu like some kind of charcuterie and some tasting things but you've yeah. expanded since then like what has the evolution been of your food options here
1: yeah so i mean we always kind of had this goal of of having um, yeah, like we always had a, a decent amount of food, like you say, but we always had a goal of kind of growing that into more of like a um, like a brew pubby style thing with with obviously very Italian inspired food. But um, just last summer, a uh, friend of a friend of ours who was running a pizza place on Hastings called More to Me, he was uh, for for various reasons COVID um, forced mainly was was going to shut down his pizza shop on Hastings Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he owned all of his equipment. And so he approached us and said, Hey, um, you know, I'm either going to put this stuff into storage, or we could move it into Lupilo and and we could start operating our, our pizza business or operations out of Lupilo. And so we uh, came to a good agreement. And we both both uh, him and, and our business, the four of us have been working really hard at, at, at growing that um, side of things as well. So yeah, we now have like a pretty uh, solid pizza lineup and mm-hmm. changing with new with new types, uh, seasonal ingredients, and yeah, I think we're kind of getting more and more known as like a, a pizza spot as well as uh, as as craft beer spots.
0: And you recently like participated in the Taste of Vancouver too, right? Like
1: yeah, 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 we did dine out Vancouver, and yeah, I can't remember the Taste of Vancouver thing. I'm not super involved with, the the food side being mm-hmm. on the beer production side. But, um, yeah, it's like, I think we're, it's, it's a very, um, I would say like large part of our in-house uh, business now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pizzas are fantastic. Thanks. So, you've, yeah. Uh, you've oh yeah. I've had a few, had some? Nice. I've, had, I've had a few, Yeah. especially, uh, especially now, like it was, it was kind of coming into the winter and it was real nice out on the patio, but now it's like, yeah, So like, we got to talk about the patio because that is kind of a nice added benefit with what's happened uh, in COVID times. Yeah. Uh, So like, what, what have you done to adjust here? I mean, obviously like we can't be enjoying inside at the moment uh, when, when you're open, but. uh, Yeah.
1: At this, at at this time, obviously being uh, outdoor dining only um, across the province, it's uh, yeah, it's been a huge, huge lifesaver for us having that outdoor space. And with the, the temporary patio permits that that the city of Vancouver is given, it's obviously like, it's a little bit scary because we don't know if that's going to go beyond October 31st. Um, we're hoping that it will be extended, obviously, and and put into place permanently, but we don't know that. So it's kind of this tricky balance. You have to like really consider how much money and time to invest into something that has at this moment, a very finite amount mm-hmm. of time. So uh, yeah, we, we've tried to balance that with, with also having a nice comfortable space out there. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, this time of year it's, it's challenging because on a rainy day, not too many people want to go sit outside in the rain and, and eat and drink. Mm-hmm. So, um, then
0: there's the other extreme of a lot of sun like today yeah. and you need some shady spots. Yeah, too, is, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, it's, we've, we've played around with a few different things and, um, it's kind of evolved over time and, and, uh, we expanded it just last weekend because it was like going to be really sunny. So we obviously wanted as many tables we could fit out there. And yeah, I feel like it's just like a constant like, you know, adjustment here. You know, we find out the new regulations or, you know, we check the weather patterns <laughs> and uh, and then we kind of like bust our butt, scramble and and try to try to put ourselves in the best position for for what's coming.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you have plenty of space indoors when you're allowed to. And like, yeah. I came in here a few times when we were allowed inside and you've done a really beautiful job of like not being too intrusive with the barriers. Like you're not using the standard plexiglass. I love the little van mirrors that you have. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah.
1: I've, I've got a, I own a Volkswagen Westphalia and I happen to also have like a, a spare set of glass for it. <laughs> so we, uh, we decided early on, I mean, at first out of necessity, because plexiglass back in June of last year was basically impossible to find. And if you could get it, it was outrageously expensive. And um, I was up in my shop one day and just kind of looking around, trying to figure out what I was gonna do for these barriers and caught out of the corner of my eye, this stack of all the extra uh, Westphalia windows. And uh, so we built some nice uh, fur frames and framed up the windows and have those on the bar as our Mm. barriers.
0: And the other, uh, I hate this word, but pivot. You've done. You've really had to step up the packaging game, right? Because before, yeah, you you weren't really a packaging brewery.
1: Not, not really. I mean, that was certainly not um, a part of our short term uh, plan, and and uh, we we kind of changed that early on, and we started doing some special bottles and the odd can beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for sure, at the start of COVID, um, we we realized very quickly that we needed to shift very, uh, sharply into, uh, into packaging a lot more beer. So, um, yeah, we were lucky enough to get, um, that Ciba loan through the Canadian government. Um, also, uh, Chris, uh, Sharon from, um, Beer Company, he had, uh, ordered, um, a Gosling, which is, uh, Wild Goose, um, canning line. That's, uh, like kind of their, their newest, smallest, uh, say like microbrewery brew pubby type type place canning line and um he offered to to split it with me and um so we jumped on that opportunity and um so we've been sharing a canning line ever since which which has really um helped us to to transition into a more like packaged product wholesale business
0: as well yeah and speaking of that sharing i mean i think you were one of the first breweries to like really collaborate with everybody and you came up with the beer van so, yeah yeah how did, yeah how did that come together
1: so that that again was was chris uh C- Chris and I he um like when the pandemic first hit I was actually over on Vancouver island for like a, a small holiday um we went over like just before and then I was over there when everything kind of shut down and I, I had to like call and lay off all of my employees from from the island it was a really horrible horrible feeling Yeah,
0: not ideal yeah kind of
1: like yeah just burnt into my memory is like one of
0: the one of the worst, worst moments of being a business owner. Well, let's hope when we can travel again, you can go back and reclaim that <laughs> yeah, as, as a right. good as a good memory. Spot. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: for sure. So so, yeah, I was over there and kind of just feeling like, yeah, feeling pretty down about everything as as I think everybody else in the world was. And and then we kind of my wife and I were like, well, you know, at, at very least we can like start delivering beer. So we like just quickly threw together like a very rudimentary uh, plan with our business partners to like just take orders uh, via like email and on the phone and text message. And then we would just I would just go and deliver all the all the beer to to people's houses. And but as we were making that plan, Chris from Slowhand approached me and said, hey, like, what do you think about um, sharing home deliveries? We can, you know, take orders and then just amalgamate the orders take the addresses and and we'll we'll split delivery duties and that way yeah that way we can kind of cover more ground and and access more potential customers um meanwhile saving ourselves time and energy and so I, immediately i i agreed that it was an amazing idea and um we also approached uh Maurizio from faculty brewing um who we kind of the three of us had kind of worked together before when we were all starting up and uh he jumped on it right away as well and so we just started planning and then as soon as I got back to town I ran into uh, Stephen um, Stephen uh, Tufts from uh, formerly uh, Dickie's ginger uh, and he was kind of in the same boat he'd built his business around hospitality and just lost 80 90 percent of his of his revenue and and so I approached him as well and he was super into it and he also had this awesome computer science background and and was able to to build in a lot of the automation that that we started using right off the bat to process the orders in an efficient way um, and uh, develop like efficient route plans and just kind of grew from there and here we are a year and a bit later and it's still going extremely well and grown a lot we've added a few more partners um, but it's like a really really awesome collective of uh, of like-minded people and and I'd say it's the the, the brightest uh, moment in, in, in COVID for me, for sure. And definitely I would say saved our business.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I had no idea about that background because I've ordered from it for a few times. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just had no idea that you were actually like plotting routes for drivers. Yeah. 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 And
1: now we're like on some days processing and and delivering like a hundred orders and in, in one day with five, six different drivers, um, got like some pretty um, good route planning software now and, uh, and yeah, just, just constantly kind of growing and making it more, uh, efficient and, and cost effective. Right. Cause it, you know, if it's like, if I have 10 orders in the city of Vancouver and I'm driving to each of those places mm-hmm. and then the other guys are doing the exact same thing, we're, we're kind of wasting time and wasting energy and, mm-hmm. and we're all covering the same ground. So why not just, uh, amalgamate all of our orders
0: together and deliver them for each other? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's like you you touched on it, just like the unknown. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, I mean, ap- apart from you know just kind of keeping it status quo at the moment and, and staying open. I mean, what what is uh, an ultimate goal for you guys? Um, which I'm sure has changed since you've you opened, right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I think at this point, it's like to to continue to develop and and grow our our wholesale to a point where um, where it's you know, in a, in a place where, where it's sustainable for us and, and bringing in uh, um, enough revenue to, to at least cover um, m- majority of our, of our uh, in-house costs in terms of labor and, mm-hmm. and uh, lease and, and all that. And then um, also um, continue to, to, to grow our food side of things and, and have like, a, you know, both a really good front of house um, hospitality element as well as a, a pretty solid um, wholesale side of things as well.
0: Yeah. No. And I, I love the expansion of the kitchen. I mean, it just, you know, it was it, like you had great food options before, but that was kind of like the nice starter and then you'd go somewhere else for dinner, but yeah. here, you can make the complete evening here now. So yeah, that,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we're kind of growing our, our wine program a little bit as well so that if you come here and you love pizza but you're not so into craft beer then there's other options and got some good ciders on tap and mm-hmm.
0: non-alcoholic drinks as well right and then yeah the wine where are the wines coming from
1: uh we try to um kind of have a good mix of of local and and italian wines so we usually have like one italian red one italian white and then a, a bc red and and a bc white but we're also trying to grow that a little bit um it's been put on the back burner a a little now with the uh, with the new regulations, and we've mm-hmm. had to really kind of put all of our energy and resources into into other things. But um, yeah, we'd like to have like some natural wines. We've got a um, Lambrusco sparkling red, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, just to kind of have some other options for for those that don't necessarily like or or uh, can't drink beer.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you've reflected on it a lot, um, but if uh, somebody was to start their own business let alone a brewery today what would be some advice you can you can give them
1: i mean you know probably not to do it (laughs) would be my first piece of advice right now uh but uh if you are crazy enough to to do it then um i think like having good people uh to to partner with is is the most important thing like uh you know from our from from business partners to to other businesses that that you collaborate with that's uh that's really been the kind of only thing that's 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 been rewarding over this last year, and and uh, I always knew that it was an important part, but um, it's become uh, increasingly obvious that it's it's a integral part of uh, of running a successful business for sure. Thank
0: you so much for your time, Ryan.
1: Yeah, thank you, Aaron. It's been a pleasure.
0: Big thanks to Ryan for his time. It's tough scheduling stuff during a pandemic, uh, especially as a business owner, because things are constantly changing with new updates. So really appreciate you making the time, Ryan. And uh, yeah, it was great to catch up. If you haven't been really, really suggest you go down there and check it out soon. Uh, the food menu is fantastic. Pizzas are ooh so good uh, and yeah the patio is really nice Nice little shady patio too so you can be out there in a hot day and not get absolutely roasted on the uh, <laughs> by the sun out on the picnic tables there. Big thanks again for the BCL trail for making this episode possible uh, you can check them out at the bcltrail.ca and hopefully we'll be traveling around the province again soon. If you want to follow this podcast series on social media, you can by going to facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. I'm on Twitter at Cascadian Beer and on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. There's a bunch of episodes in the catalog, so if you enjoyed this and it's your first time here, feel free to go back in the archives and check out some of my previous episodes of the podcast. Thank you so much again for your time. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.